0: Rockstar, Charles (laughs) Perry.
1: Welcome to Shared Instance, a podcast on iOS development by three developers in Cincinnati, Ohio. This is episode 11. Uh, I'm Sam Corder.
2: I'm Alex Argo.
1: And I'm Alex
0: Robinson, and today we're joined by Charles Perry of Metakite Software and the Release Notes Podcast.
2: Hi guys. I'd say more of a Release Notes media empire, but (laughs) (laughs) you guys have lots of stuff going on.
3: We do have a lot of stuff going on, but an empire may be a little bit of a stretch.
2: (laughs) So have you guys been following all the, uh, all the, the buzz on Twitter today about the analytics release? It seems like lots of people are checking that out.
1: I have not, because I was at a retro-slash-happy hour earlier. So I was stuck in a bar. Bad place to be, but any of you you other guys?
0: I put my name in, and a few hours later I did get an acceptance on, I think, three of my accounts.
3: See, I put my name in um, probably about... Maybe three and a half hours ago now, and not a peep. So, I'm feeling quite dejected. But I'll get in eventually.
1: I'm sure.
2: I think I was. <laughs> I think I was around the same time. So you may be in soon. Oh, good. Um, but- Charles,
1: your experience is like my watch kit or my watch buying experience. <laughs> I did the developer special.
2: Oh, did did um, you did you
3: receive yours?
1: No, not yet. It has not shipped. Oh. Yeah. Guaranteed on the twenty eighth, but not really.
2: <laughs> but so so I've been poking around a little bit in this last hour or so that I've had um access to it and it's kind of cool to get a, a look into this kind of black box that we've had before on, you know, where all these uh app installs are coming from. Uh it, it looks like right now, as far as like things that come from the app store all you are really getting is like app store page views and i'm i'll be giving some feedback asking like can we get if it came from search or if it came from uh somewhere else or maybe i just haven't found out where that is yet but there is lots of information about um like these are the websites you've gotten links from and obviously there's the the stuff with like a campaign link that you can create and see all the like sessions and and at purchase dollars spent and all that kind of stuff
0: there's also a report for retention. I don't, mm-hmm. at least for one of my apps, I don't have enough data to see anything in there. And I don't know if you've been able to discern what that's all about.
2: Um. Yeah, there's a, a retention report. It basically shows you like for each day and you get more data the further back you go, obviously, like how many people who installed that that day are still using it. Um, uh, you know, two days later, three days later, I think it goes up to like a, a month later and it drops down significantly as you may or may not expect <laughs> depending on your app.
1: <laughs> so how long have they been collecting the data for and how far back can you go right now?
2: Um, it seems like pretty far. Let's see if I can at least a month. It's only iOS users, and for the like session data, it's only based on um, those people who have opted in, but everything else looks like it's based on like the full amount of users.
0: There also seems to be a concept of campaigns, Yeah, at least the filtering options, so you can set up campaigns and track data uh, yeah. specific to that.
2: Yeah, you basically just generate a link, and you can get... Um, like all that kind of data about it this was sadly enough like my the the session from dub dub last year that I was most excited about maybe Swift was a little bit more exciting but um, you know as as someone who makes her living off of their apps it all this data is is really interesting is there anything I know you haven't had a chance to look at it Charles yet but anything that uh, stands out that you would really like to see or that you or wondering if it's there?
3: Actually, I am. Um, one of the things that I'm investigating with an app that I'm working on right now is uh, a pretty expensive in-app purchase. And so I'm curious if there's any way to uh, get information about any in-app purchases that, that happened, whether you can figure out, tie them back to uh, an install, or if you can make some sort of campaign for in-app purchase. Um, I'm not sure exactly how that would work, but I'm not since I'm not actually in the uh, the beta yet, I can't, I can't really uh, poke around and find out.
2: Well, you can you can definitely create the campaigns now. There's so if you're curious about that data, you can maybe get it later. Um, you, you just add like another parameter onto your iTunes link. Uh, maybe we'll put like a link in the show notes that shows you how to do that if anyone else is interested. Um, but there's I mean there's definitely like at, at least at the very least. Like a dollar amount tied to those campaigns, so you can see how many sessions and like how much money has been generated from that campaign. But I can't tell if you can split it out by specific hmm. in-app purchases yet. Although
0: the you know, in- in-app purchase report does have a campaign filter, so you can okay, well there you go, look at it that way.
2: Yeah, there's oh that's probably, interesting. Yeah, there's lots of lots of data in here, so it'll probably take a while before we all have it figured out.
3: Yeah. <laughs> One of the things I'm looking at doing, um, I'm, I'm I'm not really sure exactly what I'm going to do, honestly, but I'm, one of the things I'm considering is having some sort of uh, uh, basically hiring a sales guy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I'm envisioning it right now, it would be a free app with, with a hefty in-app purchase. And the problem with, with doing a sales campaign like that is obviously if I'm going to pay the guy a commission, I've got to be able to figure out what exactly sold, right? Yeah. So, I mean, it would be nice if there was some way for me to um, connect that sales interaction to a particular purchase, whether that be through a cam- campaign or something else. I'm not entirely sure how that would work, cause it seems like the campaigns are more geared towards downloads from the app store rather than sort of in-app interactions, like going, you know, trying to do an in-app, per- in-app purchase. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Um, that's one of the things I'm pretty keen to figure out is you know what exactly these uh, analytics are capable of and how much tracking you can do within the app to find out how how people are behaving and if there's any way to figure out what causes them to do a particular thing. So that's one thing I'm definitely going to be looking at here in the next next couple of weeks.
2: The, yeah, the one limitation that I'm seeing so far is that uh, you're basically limited to the data that you can figure about in the app its sessions and in-app purchases. So that may be. Enough for some of what you want, but mm-hmm. otherwise you may need to use some other analytics package, I would I would think.
1: So is there no SDK for this so that you can publish your own custom events?
2: There's no, mm-hmm. yeah, there's no custom events, no, no code, which is one of the big things they pushed in the session. Um, right now, if you want to do similar campaign tracking, you basically have to install an SDK from every... Ad partner you use uh, to track. Oh, this person with this app ID came into my app, and uh, that is a big, big pain in the butt, honestly. Um, and there's lots of dependencies, and makes your your apps bigger, and all. I mean, there's all kinds of downsides to doing it. So, all apps get this turned on automatically. The data tracking, at least.
1: Okay. Well, it sounds like that would still put a dent in some of these other analytics companies that will track where the install is coming from, at least. And those things always seem less than reliable to me anyway. hmm And there's a few of them out there that'll say, oh, they clicked on this banner ad <laughs> two weeks ago, and then they installed your app, so it came from there.
0: Now, do users have the option to opt out of this tracking?
2: The only tracking that looks like they can... The- they're opting into is uh how many sessions they use but it looks like um you know as far as like sales or or app store page views and stuff like that that's all aggregate data that is for all the users they have a little like opt-in only little bubble under any of the data that is only the users who have opted in and that just seems to be session related data from what i can tell and that there's similar there's metrics that use that like daily active users and stuff like that, so those numbers look lower than I'm used to seeing, like in flurry or other other things that track it. but yeah, it looks like it's just the like app usage that you're opting in or out of when you like set up your new iOS device.
1: even for crash reporting is not as always useful as because a lot of people still opt out on those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. So I guess they won't displace all the analytics companies out there just yet.
2: Yeah, but it has some some good data that you can't get anywhere else. I'm I'm hoping hoping we get more and more. So, uh,
1: it'd be nice to get access to those raw files.
2: There is like an export to CSV that I saw that you can do on some of the pages. So you can take it out and do what you will with it. And I'm sure all those those ad companies that do analytics will be pulling those down and uh, parsing those and, you know, integrating that data soon too.
1: Yeah,
3: This is, I I think probably the best thing that's happened for um, app advertising in a long, long time though. I mean, Mm -hmm. and for, for so long you had if if you wanted to run app or run ads, you had to sort of guess how effective they were based off of other, you know, watching trends and things like that. Um, but you really didn't know what was happening. You didn't know whether people were coming to your uh, coming to your app because they stumbled on it or because you know of the advertisement you had done. Um, this this finally gives you a peek behind the curtain to see um, how effective your ads actually are, and it, it makes it I think a reasonable proposition to actually go out and, and do ad buys and figure out. Uh, this, so that you can track you know, whether something is working or not because you don't want to keep throwing money at some advertising channel that's not working for you. Mm-hmm. Um, before, you just had to guess, though. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to maybe having the opportunity to do some, some honest-to-God advertising for some of my apps as well. Let's to see how that goes, though.
2: Yeah, I've, I've, I mean, we, my company has you know, done some campaigns here and there, uh, but we've been kind of holding back until this was here. So, yeah, it'll be interesting now that we can actually get that data. So, Charles, we had you on the on the podcast because uh, you have a, a cool little conference uh, coming up. Can you tell us a little bit about it?
3: Sure. Um, the conference is called Release Notes, just like the podcast, and it's going to be held in Indianapolis. And I, that's one of the reasons why I was excited to come on the show is because I know you guys are all from Cincinnati, which is just sort of a stone's throw from Indianapolis. So, um, yeah, it's going to be in downtown Indianapolis on October 21st, 22nd, 23rd. Um, it's going to be all about the business of iOS and Mac development. Uh, the, I mean, there's a lot of conferences out there that deal with sort of the technology aspects, and there are some that are even Swift targeted right now. Um, and then there are others that are more into sort of the inspirational aspect of our job, trying to you know get you up and going and, and ready to take on the day. Um, but there's really nothing right now that helps you actually become more profitable, help you build a business that you can support yourself with. And that's sort of the niche that we wanted to fill. And that's what our podcast is all about. So it seemed pretty natural that we would uh, try to take or take the next step to um, run, host a conference as well. So um, that's what we've been working on for quite a while now. We started back in like July of last year, tr- starting to put all the pieces in place. And we just had tickets to go, go on sale a couple days ago. So um, it's been nice to and very gratifying to see some of the response we've gotten and, and finally be able to, to see that there's a positive reaction to all this, all this work we've been doing.
2: Yeah. It looks like a really cool conference. I've, I've got my ticket already, so I'll, I'll be in Indy. Uh, I think some of these other guys will too. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like uh, who, like who's the target audience for the conference? Is it just those people who have their, you know, their, their existing app business or, or is it other people as well?
3: No, we wanted to cast a little wider net. Um, it's it's basically for people who want to make a uh, sort of run a business in the iOS and Mac eco- ecosystems. Now, it's geared more towards indies, however you want to define that. Whether that's people doing product work through in, through sales in the App Store, whether that is through contract work you know, as an independent contractor, um, those are sort of our our targets. It, if you are you know sort of working for yourself or want to work for yourself, in in our ecosystem this is sort of a conference for you though the one place where i guess i would draw a line is that if you are looking to be funded through venture capital or something like that this is probably not your conference Um, there are other conferences that will serve you very well but this is not one of them Um, but if you're uh, if if you're out there trying to you know build better software and and figure out how to make your your software more profitable or figuring out how to make your your uh, contract business more profitable uh, retain more clients or uh, just increase your rate uh we hope to be able to to address some of those questions, and we think we'll have some some useful and actually valuable information for you if you if you're able to come.
0: So you have a great list of speakers lined up. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
3: Oh, sure. I'd love to. Um, yeah, that's actually one of the things that we're most proud of. We worked really hard to try to get you know literally a world world class lineup, and I think we've we've managed to do that. Um, we've got you know speakers from sort of all over the spectrum. I said that we were trying to get. Um, you know, sort of cast a broad net and try to bring in people from sort of different areas of our of our ecosystem, and we wanted to have a speaker lineup that sort of repre- represented that. So we've got uh, people who are are Indies making um, making their living through product work in the App Store, like uh, famously underscore David Smith, uh, John Saddington, uh, Chris Lissio, with uh, who makes apps like Capo and and Fuzz Measure, uh, Peter Omvley who makes. Um, who's the head of Bohemian Coding, Bohemian coding, sorry, and uh, Creates Sketch, which is a really interesting uh, test case because he's basically taking on Adobe in their own backyard and actually winning uh, the hearts and minds of iOS developers around the world. So um, we've got people who are making uh, some serious money and, and making a living in the App Store. We've also got people who uh, are doing contracting and have managed to... Uh, Build up, uh, you know, contracting businesses into world world class enterprises. We've got uh, Rob Ryan of Martian Craft. We've got Dan Pasco of Black Pixel, um, and I think you know those two are going to have some great things to say on that front. Uh, we've got some some people who are sort of in media like Georgia Dow of Imore and Jim Dalrymple of The Loop. Uh, we've got Mike Hurley of Relay FM who are uh, going? To, who are all going to be talking about uh, sort of their experience with running their businesses. And some of them are going to talk about, you know, relations with media. Some of them are going to talk about their experience with quitting their job and, and you know, t- striking out on their own. Uh, some of them are going to talk about their experience in contracting with software, so you can sort of see the flip side of the, the contractor-client relationship. Um, and... Then we've also got uh, one person in particular I wanted to sort of point out is Rachel Andrew, um, who's a name that is uh, – she's a great speaker, a wonderful speaker who's uh, literally traveled all over the world talking at conferences about software and and, uh, bootstrapping businesses. But she's not a name that's very familiar in some of our circles, I think. And she's a name that should be much better well-known. So we invited her in, and so she has a a company based out of London uh, called – Oh, edgemic.com, sorry. And she has a a, a software as a service uh, product called Perch. Um, and she's bootstrapped that from the ground up. And she's been doing that for 11 years. And I think she's going to bring some interesting perspectives on how uh, to grow a business. You know, even though she's not an iOS, her experience as a, as a business person and as a bootstrapper, I think, are going to have, um, you know, going to be very applicable to a lot of the people in. In our circles, uh, even though she's not in mobile, uh, and I think that we have a lot in in iOS and 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 Mac OS uh, to to learn from uh, successful business people from other other platforms. So we're really looking forward to having her there as well.
1: Sounds like you got a great lineup. So the conference is this a single track conference?
3: It is. It's going to be single track. That's one of the things that both Joe and I were uh, pretty adamant about from the beginning. Uh, If you listen to to our podcast, you you know that both of us are are conference junkies, and we love to attend other conferences. And most of all, we like to to meet new people and and, uh, be able to to get good ideas and and sort of cross-pollinate with other developers trying to figure out what we're going to do next. And in both of our experience, it seems like, you know, the best experiences we've had have been in those single track conferences because everyone is in some is in the same room. You're all listening to the same the same speaker, the same message. And you know, those those talks then can serve as jumping off points for the conversations that happen around tables, that happen in the hallway. Um, all those things I think are where some of the most important interactions occur at a conference. And so, you know, we wanted to be able to make sure that we had everybody you know, sort of Working from the same baseline with the same sort of uh, basic experience, so everybody has a, a an automatic conversation starter. All, you, all you've got to do is talk about the last speaker and what they were, what they were sharing from the stage. Um, but we think that that's going to uh, help, hopefully, create a, a great community atmosphere and and uh, help a lot of people in uh, sort of meeting new people they might not have otherwise been able or been felt comfortable in walking up to and starting a conversation with.
1: Yeah. So right now you're. Trying to target a lot of the local audience as well as abroad, you've gotten a lot of ticket sales right now.
3: Yeah, we've uh, like I said, our, our tickets have been on sale for three days, four days now, and you know we've had you know a pretty great reception to them. We've we've been uh, selling them like hotcakes. I mean. Obviously, the first when you have that first blast of announcement, that's when you get a giant surge in sales, and that's what happened with us as well. Um, But they they haven't they've while they've slowed, they haven't stopped, so they're still continuing to come in. Um, We're pretty pleased with how things are going.
1: Are you seeing uh, a large range of geographic, just or like different countries or?
3: Yeah, actually, we are. It's uh, it's been pretty interesting. We've we've been trying. I mean, it's hard to, to to market internationally a lot because I can't like I can't go there actually we just had a thank you Alex Robinson <laughs> we just got another ticket sale um, we uh, the it's hard to, to market internationally just because it's you know you can't fly there at least I can't afford to fly everywhere I'd like to go um, so we've been relying a lot on Twitter and word of mouth but we have been getting a lot of international sales uh, we've had sales from Sweden Germany Ireland uh, Australia, Canada, um, it, and lots of other countries in Europe that are escaping me off the top of my head as well. Um, so we've, we, we, we have had a pretty strong international contingent. Uh, we, of course, have had a lot more sales from the U.S. just because that's where we're located. And we've mm-hmm. been making a push locally as well. We've been, I've, as you guys know, I was just down in Cincinnati a couple, maybe last week, um, to sort of make a pitch to some of the, the regional Cocoa Heads groups um, went to cincinnati went to chicago i've talked here in indianapolis um we're really looking for a, a good mix of people we want people with different experiences um from different uh loca- different locales um so that we can you know get get a broad range of experience that we can all sort of learn from so we we've been really pleased with the with the distribution so far and uh, i'm hopeful that it will continue to to uh be distributed all over as well end up with a nice mix
1: you know, and Indianapolis is definitely an easy city to get to. It's very centrally located. The airport's pretty good. There's a lot of routes running in and out of that. So it shouldn't be too hard for people to get there.
3: No, it's uh, that, was, that was one of the things that we considered. Because you know, Joe is from New York, and I'm from Indianapolis. And so it seemed natural when we f- first started looking at this to have the conference in one of those locations. And, you know, while New York has a lot of things going for it, Uh, it has a lot of drawbacks as well. It's it's way over on the East coast, which is hard for the West coast to get to. It's more expensive. Uh, things get uh, more complicated as far as transportation and things like that. You know, once you're on the ground and stuff. Um, but Indianapolis is where we ultimately ended up going because of exactly what you said. It's, it's pretty centrally, centrally located for pretty much all of North America. Um, lots of flights in and out. Um, as the it's famously known, it's the Crossroads of America, and so there's, it's easy to get to by car as well if you're sort of in, in this uh, region. Um, but it's also a lot less expensive <laughs> to be able to, to uh, <laughs> rent venues and equipment and things like that as well. So um, it just had a lot of pluses going for it, I'm, and it uh, makes it a lot more convenient for me too, so <laughs> I can't complain.
1: Yeah. Well, it definitely helps to have somebody on the ground in the location you're going to host in.
3: Yeah, and that's actually how we ended up organizing things for the most part. You know, you know, whenever you have a project like this, it's there's lots of moving pieces, and uh, one of the things we pretty much decided on early on is that the division of labor would be that anything that had to be done locally, sort of boots on the ground, that would be my job. So I'm taking care of venues, I'm working with hotels, I'm working with restaurants, um, trying to you know, catering, making sure that all that stuff. Is uh, going is going to go uh, nice, and smoothly, uh, whereas most of the things that are can be done on the web or via email um, are things that, that Joe is handling. So um, he's the one that's built our excellent website. He's set up our, our ticketing through Tito. Uh, you know, take, we can he's taking care of all the credit card stuff through Stripe. Um, he's working with the, with coordinating with speakers. Um, you know, just all those things that can be done remotely. Um, he's really stepped up and taken responsibility for all that stuff. So
1: that's really cool. Now you're also you featured at least one of your your speakers on your podcast recently too, right? Are you going to go through more of them?
3: Yeah, actually, we did. We just had uh, Gene McDonald from App Camp for Girls uh, come on the the show to talk about. Uh, well, first of all, app, app Camp for Girls and some of the great stuff that they're doing. Um, actually, I'm going to plug her her work right now. App Camp for Girls just put an, an app out with sort of a compendium of their uh, their campers' work. It's in the App Store for 99 cents and it's moving up the charts. So all the listeners out there should go buy it so the, the App Camp for Girls can get more donations. There you go, free plug. Um, but she's also she's also got an experience before App Camp for Girls as well. Jean was uh, a longtime partner at Smile Software, makers of uh, Great software that people use every day like PDF, or PDF Pen Plus and Text Expander and things like that. And her particular niche at Smile Software was to um, sort of head up marketing and PR, which is a topic that pretty much everybody in our industry that I know could use a lot more <laughs> information about. So uh, we're hoping to get her on stage and, and uh, have her talk about some of that stuff so that we can all figure out how we can better uh, market, our, market our products and hopefully make, make more money at them. Um but to, to answer your the question, I guess you originally asked was, "Are we going to have more?" Uh, the answer is yes. We have we have had a couple of our speakers on our show already. Uh, you know, Rob Ryan has been on the show, uh, David Smith has been on the show, um, but we want to get a couple more on there as well. Uh, I guess Jim Dalrymple has already been on the show. Well, we hope to get a, a couple more of our, our speakers who haven't been on the show. Uh, to join us, you know, between now and October, uh, I'm not sure we're going to be able to get them all on because we have 11 speakers and there's only so many weeks between now and then. Um, but uh, we would like to get a, a few more on so that um, our listeners can have an opportunity to sort of get a a taste of what they're about. You know, we don't want the speakers to actually talk on about the topics. We don't want them to spoil their their show, right? Um, right. But we do want them to, you know, sort of come on and give the sort of a little taste of what, what their background is, the things that they're interested in, things that, are, that they're passionate about right now, because I think all of those things will uh, help listeners you know, get a feeling for, uh, for our speakers and, and help them get an idea for the, um, you know, the, the sorts of things that interest them and the sorts of things that they're likely to talk about on stage. And I think the more that uh, our listeners hear about them, the more excited they're going to be to come. So we, we will hopefully be getting a few more on between now and October.
1: Yeah, it'd be nice to have a little context. A lot of times you just see a talking head up there and you see some good content, but to really be able to put that into place to see where this person's coming from is definitely a a plus.
3: Yeah, and I think that some of our... Some of our speakers are better known than others, obviously, and that that was by design. I mean, if you're sort of tuned into our community and maybe listened to a couple of podcasts, you've probably heard of Mike Hurley. You've probably heard of uh, um, Georgia Dow or Jim Dalrymple. You might have heard of Dan Password or Rob Ryan or David Smith, but some of the others you might not have heard of. Um and they were picked not, I mean, we picked our speakers not because they were, they were well known or because, um, you know, they were, you know, internet famous or something like that. We, we, we picked them because they were successful and we thought they'd have interesting, uh, stories and experiences to share. Um, and some of those, some of these guys have, have been running successful businesses for a long, long time. Uh, you know, I'm thinking, just looking at my, my grid of speakers on my webpage, Chris Lissio come, jumped out at me. He's been running a, an he's been making his living off the, off of, his products, uh, Mac first Mac and now Mac and iOS, I think for, for somewhere between eleven and fourteen years. That's that's a lifetime in our business. You yeah. know, he's he's the gold standard of indie that that a lot of people want to uh, want to achieve. So we think that you know some of those business insights that he's uh, you know cultured over the last decade are going to you know go a long way towards helping some of our uh, audience members uh, maybe achieve the same goal.
1: Yeah, I'm sure he's got a lot of scars. <laughs> war stories to talk about. I'm sure. Really good. So we talked about, you have a single track and this is more about a conference about starting a business or maintaining a business. Um, what are the things you think are going to set it apart from some of the other things
3: from some other conferences? Yeah. Well, I think, I I think mostly it's, it's the, the topic. I mean, it's. I, I think we're going to have a great collection of people that are going to have, and there, there are going to be lots of great conversations. But there are lots of great conferences out there. I, I attend a lot of them myself, um, and there's a lot of great conversations that happen there. 360iDev is a great place to go. OOL is a fantastic conference. NS North is a fantastic conference. But Release Notes is going to be geared towards business, and towards, in particular, sustainable business. And I think that because of that focus, there are going to be conversations that happen at Release Notes. That just don't happen in other places. Um, you're going to because you know r- the business aspects of our of our uh, industry are at the forefront. I mean they're you know being talked about uh, on stage over three days. It's going to you know sort of trigger thoughts and and trigger conversations that wouldn't happen at OOL or wouldn't have happened at, uh, at 360iDev. I mean at you're going to get a lot of a lot of social uh and inspirational talks and they're fantastic. There's it's a it's a great co- conference and I suggest anybody who can go to to go um at 360i dev you're going to get a lot more technical content. Um you're going to be learning about the latest changes in Swift and and you know maybe the details of of running a Core Data stack and things like that. Um you're not going to get any of that stuff at 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 release notes. Well, you make it. Hopefully, you'll get a little bit inspired, but you're definitely not going to get the technical content. Um, but you are going to get, you know, you know, ideas on how you can finally take that leap from working your day day job to. Uh, you know, going Indian and and making your living off your products. Uh, You're going to, you're going to learn how to uh, maybe increase your contracting rate so that you can uh, not have to work quite as many hours in the day, or you'll learn how to grow your business to the point where you can maybe hire an employee or two. Um, Those are topics that aren't really talked about all that much in in the different conferences that I've attended, uh, especially in our circles. And I think providing a venue for those kinds of conversations are going to, uh, you know, create a whole new world of hallway conversations that just don't happen anyplace else. And we're excited to provide a venue for that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's definitely not enough just to have a great app these days. There's a lot of other great apps out there and you need to know how to run a business too. So yeah. you're definitely selling me right here.
3: Oh, Great. <laughs> I, I think you're absolutely right though. I mean, you know, back five years ago or whatever, I mean in the early years of the app store, um, Maybe you could make a living just by throwing a great app up there, and and people would find it. But it just doesn't happen anymore. Um, unfortunately, it's it's you know trying to find that great app is like finding a needle in a haystack now. And uh, I think you're right. You've got to you've got to go beyond just producing great software in order to make a, a sustainable business. And uh, I, I'm hopeful that you know some of those some of those tips and tricks and strategies will uh, be surfaced in the conversations that we're going to be sharing at Release Notes.
1: So what was one, so what actually was the tipping point for you to? go insane and decide to put on a conference.
3: <laughs> well, we <laughs> that's a funny story <laughs> because uh, there's anybody who's been around in in the Mac and iOS circles for a while have has pr- probably heard at least in by reputation of C4 up in Chicago. And that's, this is going back a long way. This is probably 8 years back. It was run by uh, a great guy named Wolf Ranch up in Chicago and it was sort of you know, it's it's highly is well regarded as one of the best Mac conferences that 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 ever was. Um, later on, they you know they brought in iOS as well once uh, the iPhone was released. Um, but Wolf, you know, he worked running a conference is a lot of work as I'm discovering, and I think yeah. after four years, he just decided, you know what, enough's enough, and I'm moving on. So he he put it up on a shelf, and that was it. And then. Uh, the Kennys, uh, David and Amy Kenny up in Chicago. Uh, I don't know if it was next year or if they skipped a year, but they then sort of picked up the gauntlet and started a, a series of conferences that they called Second Conf. Uh, and it was a very well-regarded conference as well. And um, they, they had a, a nice mix of, it was sort of like the liberal arts of, of software development. So they had talks about some technology topics. They had talks about um, you know, culture, they had talks about robotics and Arduino, they had um, all kinds of stuff going on up there. It was a fascinating series of, of conferences, but then again, after four years, they gave it up as well. And so, you know, the Midwest has had sort of a history of having some great national conferences, basically in our backyard. Um, but since Second Conf left, we haven't had that. And actually, the as soon as I heard that Second Conf was, was leaving, I talked to Joe and said, we need to do something like this. And that was two years ago, and he rightfully and wisely talked me off the ledge <laughs> and said, "No, no, no, not yet. Um, we'll talk about it again next year." And so I, I said, "Okay, fine." And uh, a year went by, and then I brought it up again. And by that that point, you know, and one of the things that he made that he rightfully advised us to to wait on is that we we were still pretty new with the podcast. We didn't have uh, really a strong enough uh, audience or following to be able to get the sort of attention that you need in order to sell a whole bunch of tickets. Um, And so he, he said, wait a year. And we came back this year and we sort of reevaluated the, the landscape and watched as as Singleton went away and things like that. Um, Opened up some opportunities. So we, we decided to take the leap this year and, you know, uh, put it in, in sort of an October timeframe so that we could, Hopefully, once again, bring a great conference to the to the Midwest, uh, sort of continuing that that tradition that c four and, and second Conf started because um, I think it's important for there to be some geographic diversity in the conference scene right now we've got a whole bunch on the East Coast and on the west coast, and not a whole lot in between uh, and I think that you know making great conferences available um, to to locals you know in the midwest is an important goal so i'm I'm excited to to hopefully be able to help provide that.
1: Yeah, it's a good thing. A lot of conferences around here will be focused on, say, Microsoft technologies or enterprise technologies, and it's just not quite as fun as a, even a mobile-centric conference or a business-centric conference like this. So it's gonna. I think it's going to be really good. You picked a good time, I think. You know, everything should be wrapped up with iOS 9 re- releases, and everybody will have some free time on their hands, and
3: that's our hope i'll i'll give you a little peek behind the curtain here because we had originally um planned to have the conference in september a month earlier which doesn't sound all that much different except for se- the first couple weeks of september when i when the new hardware is usually rolling out and for the christmas release and we were right. we were watching you know we we had a, me- a calendar of when the last like several uh, fall events were Trying to predict when it would be this year so that we wouldn't fall on it. Um, and we 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 picked a date that we think was probably closed, so it probably would have been safe, but you just never, never really know. So we reserved all of our we we actually reserved the venue. we had everything lined up. and then uh, uh, guy english and and luke and or Luke vandal and and Scott Morrison uh, decided they were going to discontinue Singleton as well. And when that happened, we're like, we're jumping on that date. That's a way better date. <laughs> so we canceled all of our canceled all of our venues, uh, changed the the contracts over, and uh, in the span of about a week and a half, we got everything lined up and uh, into the new date. And so we uh, we 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 were definitely the uh, beneficiaries of of uh, you know a yet another conference who uh, another yet another group of conference organizers who got uh, decided to retire after a span of, of were they four years, five years, four years, I think but that seems to be a magic number for conference for conferences. So I don't know what that says for us.
1: So (laughs) once you make it to that fifth year, we'll have you back on. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I'll I'll
3: feel like I will have made it if I make it to five.
1: (laughs) Definitely.
2: Well, I I think that's about all the time we have. Um, uh, Charles, thanks a lot for, for coming on and and talking with us. Uh, Why doesn't everyone, uh, Tell us where we can find you on the Internet.
0: And, Charles, uh, mention where people can go and get their tickets for release notes if they haven't already sold out.
2: Sure.
3: Um, well, you can find me personally at uh, at Medikite, medikite.com, which is my software company, or uh, on Twitter as Day's End. Um, but you can get more information about our conference release notes at, appropriately enough, releasenotes.tv. And if you, uh, if you go to our website, you'll see a big banner at the top that talks about the conference. Click on the banner and you'll get all the information you need about our speakers, our venues, prices, and you'll even have the opportunity to purchase tickets from that website. So uh, check it out there at releasenotes.tv.
1: Yeah, and I'm Sam Corder on Twitter.
2: Uh, I'm Alex Argo.
1: And I'm AJ Robinson. And the podcast is Shared Inst, and you can find us, our website, at sharedinstance.com. And we're also on iTunes, and we would appreciate anybody who would take the chance and take the time to go out and give us a nice little rating it helps us and makes us happy to see you guys enjoying our podcast uh, thanks Charles thanks everybody else
3: thanks for having me on I appreciate the, the opportunity
1: alright talk to you in five years sounds good <laughs> <laughs>